Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It is... November 20th, good lord, the year's almost over. And that sound you're hearing is Matt Morgan's favorite intro music on earth, which means only one thing, that is gigantic pop number 12. I'm Glenn, joined by Matt. Raj Geary is off jet-setting around the globe, spending all those, I don't want to say hard-earned, let's just say earned Wrestling Inc. dollars (laughs) uh, that he made through his exit. Spending them, who knows what he's buying if we could only see the receipts. Us working, no, us having to work the gimmick during uh, during the uh, wrestling podcasts. Uh, <laughs> what was it when people would be able to pay to get their comments in? What was that called? Super chats, super chats. You remember that? <laughs> okay, wait a second. So, I, I, yeah, sorry, you go, you go. You, Glenn, Glenn, and I, so off the hard work of Glenn Rubenstein and myself. Blood, sweat, and tears over the years with Super Chats. Raj is out enjoying living life as we speak. Uh, yeah. I, I got something else to say, but I'm just going to bite my tongue. It's too easy. It's Raj makes it too easy, but hey, he's uh, clearly winning it. We want to knock him down a few pegs to make ourselves feel better uh, comparing yes. our success to his. Man, uh, so apparently my mic is low. Where am I coming through on the mic there? Oh, because I'm coming through on the wrong mic. That's why. Let's change. There we go. Now. Oh, wow. I know. It's night and day difference. Technology. Um, So here's what we're going to do tonight on the show. We were thinking, you know, last week we talked about Nintendo. The week before we talked about Bloodsport. We've been talking a little more about wrestling as time's gone on. But and we're gonna get into Raw a little bit, specifically the big bombshell dropped at the end of Monday Night Raw tonight, which was very weird. But tonight, I was really, I'm, I've really been looking forward, Matt, to doing this on our own because I loved when we would do the Wrestling Inc. after show uh, on the stereo platform. I'd love when Raj was out and you and I would just start talking and asking each other questions, and the audience would ask questions, and that's where we've gotten some of the greatest stories and I think greatest moments in us broadcasting together when we're just sort of seeing where the conversation takes us because we both had very yes. different yet similar lives and um yeah fun facts are are revealed but let's talk first about the end of raw i can't remember the time when they said hey somebody's coming back and it was like it was tonight with cody rhodes dropping this bomb about randy orton where it's like oh you must think that we're prey but we've got the apex predator no, those aren't just voices you're hearing. Like, and Randy <laughs> didn't come out. It was so strange. Wait, what do you mean? What do you mean? Well, the idea that normally on a go-home show like this, he would drop some hints, and then you hear, like, I hear voices, and you hear yeah. the music hit. Randy would come out, or maybe yes. Randy's backstage on a monitor, or there's a phone call. But instead, Cody's just like, Randy Orton, Sunday, tune in. Or yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. That was a little, yeah, a little anticlimactic, right? Yeah. Uh, but I, 
and we'll get into you know depending on how you want to do this sure. uh, segment I, that didn't outweigh drew mcintyre mm-hmm. i thought his in-ring promo tonight was fire and it needed to be fire um because this i can't even imagine how bored he must have been being a baby face for as long as they put this poor guy as a baby face when you're big and jacked like like he is good looking and all these great qualities it's so much easier to get heat than it is to get people to fall in love with you when you're that yeah. size, that height, especially. So him sitting there getting a great babyface run of a lifetime, and then Cody Rhodes comes in, then Jay Uso gets high. Then you know, you know what I mean? All these different things take place where he's kind of pushed back a little bit. That would be a tough environment to wrestle in. You'd probably just do it for you know your paycheck and because it's your job and just shut up and do it, right? But at the same time, you wouldn't get any um, creative, um, you know, not creative freedom. You wouldn't have any creative, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Joy out of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You being a little boy wanting to be a wrestler one day, kind of, you know, what you dreamed of as a little kid. You're not doing it in that moment. So now that he's a heel, you could see he's recharged. He's into it. Definitely he's into it. Um, while I loved his in-ring promo and also he made great points as to why he did what he did. I I'm on his side, quite frankly, when he said, well, how's everybody just trusting Jay who's all of a sudden this bloodline (laughs) has ran rampant over this entire company. Yeah. Any other, you know, group uh, the last decade, uh, you know, other than maybe the shield. Um, why are we all just saying, Hey, come on in buddy. The warm, the, the water's warm. You know, no, he's asking logical questions. He got pissed. He got screwed over by him. I'm with him on that. They did screw him up a little bit later on when they had the horrible backstage segment with him. And um, uh, what was it? Back backstage with uh, the, the Judgment Day, mm-hmm. uh, specifically Rhea Ripley. And uh, what, come on, what's my guy's name? Uh, um, God, why did I just blink at this? Damian Priest. Thank you. So sorry. Damian Priest. I was brain farting. Um, and both of them looked really stupid in that in that in that pre-tape so whoever wrote that like these guys are, are over enough at least i have to imagine both like drew is to be able to say hey look that i'll write what you all want but like this is gonna sound you're gonna make it sound like dorks out here <laughs> um and the, the, the writing kind of did for that one backstage pre-tape like hey you chill i don't know what you chill you're not even kind of chill well you know what i'm so chill i'm gonna let you wrestle and get your way drew mcintyre you're gonna get to wrestle after all do you know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. Stupid. What's going on? Why did they have Judgment Day on SmackDown a month ago and Rhea talking to Paul Heyman? And I mean, I, I was wrong, y'all. I've been I was saying I was like uh, Bloodline versus Judgment Day is the ultimate war games match they could do. It mm-hmm. seemed like something was there. I mean, thinking about it, if if main event Jay Uso ends up being a Bloodline sleeper agent and he's this whole face Ooh. turn is a trick. Ooh. That's the only long-term storytelling play they have with that build they had for a while there. You know? I would love if they did that. I would really love it. I know he's on a great face run right now. Yeah, everyone's yelling "Yeet" and he's selling T-shirts, and it's great. And I like how he's doing it on his own. I like that for him personally. But as the angle goes, I really want him back in Bloodline. They're just not as strong without him. No, the, this Roman thing is crazy, and I've talked about this. I mean, you know, Issa's all in on Roman Reigns, ride or die. Mm-hmm. I remember um, that. <laughs> still is matt hasn't changed uh perhaps even she's more in uh now than she's ever been but it's 
not having him around and people could be like, oh, it makes it so much more special when he's there. And it's like, that's kind of weird. That's kind of like being like, oh, I had an absentee father growing up. But that one time a year he'd come by for my birthday. Boy, was that special. <laughs> Good analogy. Great yeah, analogy. like it's so he's the champ, man. And so now we've, we live in this world where it's, you know, championships aren't changing hands. It's like, you know, uh, Gunther's not losing that anytime soon. Seems like Seth's not losing it. Roman's not losing it. Logan's not losing but, it. Okay, but hang on. Hear me out. Yeah. So then we hypocrites, because I also remember right when I when I was wrestling yeah. back, back in my day, um, along with once I finished and I started you know doing the shows with you and Raj and, and covering wrestling, um, that we would used to, you know, bitch and moan, like they flip-flop these titles so much that the titles don't mean nothing. Yeah. So like yeah. don't we think that this is a good reset in a way that that you can't do it for all of them though. You know, it's like even even Rhea and her championship. I mean, I think um the tag championships are the hot potato ones. I think EO mm -hmm. probably, but EO's going to have that great feud with Bailey, right? That's what has to happen when damage control It's going to be good. breaks up. Um I like some unpredictability. I mean, say what you will about the 24/7 championship, but at least like you had some just fun in every episode and it could just change it a moment. I don't know, man. It's like, it's weird how at the time I was like, Oh, this is kind of silly. But when they did this stuff with Drake Maverick and the wedding and like our truth pop, I mean, at least it gave an air that, um, it reminded me, this is a variety show. And I feel like now they're, it, I feel like actually they don't know what they're doing right now with WWE because the UFC thing, uh, you know, with TKO, I think that creative is still settling. Maybe a lot of plans started and stopped when Vince was back. Mm. Um, this is this feels like a weird Survivor Series that we're about to have. It feels kind of like the least relevant Survivor Series in recent memory. You don't think Judgment Day versus those five baby faces is a hell of a? It actually no? feels like a classic Survivor Series match, but not in a. But compared to what we had in recent years, you know what I mean. We had Raw and SmackDown really mean something for a few years. We had the awesome NXT year, which is probably my high watermark. I, I love that too. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Um. I don't know. I mean, last year, war, ga war games last year. Holy shit. With Sami Zayn and the bloodline. Like that was, that was oh, peak yeah. bloodline. That's that right. was probably the best. So I'm just saying compared to last year, this I year forgot. feels like, oh, uh, we got this ragtag group of baby faces to face judgment day. Plus Drew McIntyre. Um, well, okay. So you're right. Comparing it to what that was last year. That, that was, was last just year. One year ago. That Sami Zayn one year ago so in the ring. Yeah. Vice versa. Finally. Really? Yeah, when Roman accepted Sammy, feel I mean, yeah. feeling Usy, you get the shirt. You're, I mean, like, not honorary Us anymore. I mean, dude, like last year, wow, and this is what's pissing me off about the bloodline thing. Is the bloodline was white hot. People Ugh. were saying going into Mania after uh, Sammy and Roman at Extreme Rules, people were like, "Oh, this is the Godfather epic of WWE storytelling." I, and I thought so. I was right there yelling the same crap. I was. I was. I was with it. And what do they have left? I mean, we, you know, Roman versus Jimmy, Roman versus Solo, Roman versus Paul Heyman, uh, <laughs> Roman beats Randy Orton. Um, like if I'm Roman now, if he's got something else going on, we don't know about, and I hope his health is good. I hope his family mm. is good. I hope everything's good. But if everything is good in his life, if I were him, I'd be calling an audible and saying like, Hey, this is cool off." you know? Yeah. So for the same, so hear me out. So for the same yeah. reason that, a lot of the guys that work there um, that I do still keep in contact with that I don't know. I never talk to the guys and ask them lame ass wrestling questions. Like, <laughs> hey, dude, are you going to win at the next pay-per-view? 
like 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 I don't do that. But so very rarely do I actually talk business with them, yeah. which is about their family, what's going on, that kind of stuff. Long story short, for the first time in a long time, I remember asking a few of them about like Roman's ascension and his acting getting so damn good. Yeah. With those when Bloodline was really white hot, like you said, and. They were saying, like, he's doing, like, the majority of this. He's making them all get there early. Um, and he, they, they pour so much of themselves, including the Usos, into those segments, those backstage hilariously funny segments, serious segments, whatever segment. When he'd just give them the look, when they'd screw up, the Usos. Anything he did was so subtle and so on point. And they're like, that's all him. Like, they're not writing that for him. That's him yeah. coming up with the majority of this, along with Paul. Um, and they're letting him run with it. And so with, so my point, to, my point to this is that if he's, if he can have that kind of trust, that's like Hulk Hogan ish type yeah. of trust, right? Then we got to assume and hope that he knows what's best for him. So maybe there is something going on in the real world for him that we, maybe you're right. Maybe we're unaware if we don't know. Um, but I don't think he's going to just, you know, let something just die or, or or there isn't something down the road that we're yet to see revealed like again your idea with jay uso turning that i didn't you should, you would think i would think of that but i didn't think of that that would be good be something right because this look friday night um having la night versus jimmy i mean solo sakoa i think that's one thing i don't I like know. he's beating them I thought it, I thought it was sad Friday night. When, I mean, it was funny some of what Paul Heyman had to say about John Cena, but it's sad that Paul Heyman, and I love Paul Heyman, but it's like Paul Heyman is out there. Um, it's like in the sitcoms. Remember when you know? Uh, uh, I'm trying to give an example. Um, mm-hmm. Like on different strokes, Arnold would be like, "Hey, everybody, I got Clarence Clemens for the big fundraiser. Y'all love him from Bruce Springsteen, the East Stream Band. He's going to be here." And they'd be like, "Arnold, where's Clarence Clemens?" And Arnold would be like, "Man, I hope he shows up." And they'd be like, "Okay, Dudley, you go out there and stall." That's what it reminds me of. The Paul Heyman's doing like he's just going out there and filling time while they're praying Roman Reigns shows up. Yeah. Um. It's yeah. just it's starting to seem like he's filibustering, and it's uh. It, it makes it not special. And meanwhile, LA Knight is white hot. So now this this is, you know, Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn, LA Knight. The crowd gets massively behind these baby faces who aren't going to beat Roman. And uh, I don't know, man. I mean, Mania is going to be here in a blink of an eye. But, you know, and we think that because we're all getting older. Time keeps going faster and faster. But when you're sitting through the show, it's kind of like, why am I watching this? Why week in and week out is this happening? I, I absolutely 1000% agree with that part. Really quick, just want to say what's up to JR yeah. Smith, that the NBA player, obviously. Uh, Ricky Z, what up, Ricky? Um, what's we got on here? Uh, Bigfoot Sneakerhead? Yes, that's long our guy. time. Daniel Son. Daniel Son. I appreciate the pun. What's yes. up, guys? Sorry. Yeah, and a lot of you have been reaching out. I know a lot of you are watching this uh, on demand because you can't be here live, and I get it. Um, but it's been good just kind of getting like the community back together. You know, I it's think uh, so best. good, dude. So good. So did you watch Full Gear on, on Saturday? I did. So I heard so much ish about it that I went back after and watched it. I watched it. Uh, I was still able to get it <sighs> Monday very early morning. Uh, I'm sorry, sorry. Um, the next day. Yeah, Sunday. Very, 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 very early though. Um, anyways, it's pretty crazy. Pretty yeah. crazy to say the least. 
I just, man, it's it's hurting the idea of paying so much for these pay-per-views and going back to that model. Like, how do you keep people satisfied yeah. when, uh, you know, we're used to getting this for free as part of Peacock? And and the bar was so mm-hmm. low because on these B-level, C-level pay-per-views, it's always like, well, it was short. It went by. It was a fun, quick wrestling show for WWE. You know, but with AEW, they got to they gotta make it worth the dollars every time. They, they, they do. They, I mean, the guys go bananas in their matches. They give you everything they have in those matches. They treat every pay-per-view match they have like it's a WrestleMania main event match, which, okay, I appreciate that. I just think that when they do that, they make all the matches, even with the different styles, very similar, a different, same type of smell, if you will. Um Especially with like the risks they're taking and some yeah. of the crazy spots they're doing. Death matches. Yeah, man. Um, uh, Justin, Justin Toner. Toner. Yeah. Go ahead. Hangman versus Swerve. Mm-hmm. MJF versus White was good, but way overbooked with Cole trying to sub for MJF. Yes. I agree with that, the second part of that. And it sucks because anything MJF touches, I'm usually the biggest fanboy in the planet for. Like, I love everything that dude's doing. Um, still want to see him back as a heel, if I'm being honest. But. Mm-hmm. I'm still digging him as if like what he's doing right now is very impressive. I just thought he's right. It was way overbooked. Hangman versus Swerve. I love Swerve. I think he can do more. And I think they see that. And I yeah. think they put him in that storyline for that reason. People are like, oh, he's going to his home. That's so lame. <laughs> okay, well, really? Orton and Triple H, anybody? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, Stone Cold Pillman, anybody with there's a gun involved on top of it. I mean, good lord. So, I mean, you can't really crap on it because of he went into his house i heard people like on my twitter saying i'm like come on guys let it yeah. let it go let, let it play out and let's see what happens because swerve has earned that in my opinion he's earned that right for us to sit back and let's see where he goes with this stuff we know what hangman's going to give us right hangman's incredibly good incredibly talented yeah um, his promos are getting better um but swerve on the other hand i told you I, I, i'm sure you think the same thing i just he's to me screams screams main eventer he can't does. believe WWE. I know of all the people to release, that. that's the one you release. That's the talent you release. Like that, like what? Um, there's no weaknesses, zero weaknesses. Yeah. Uh, so I think uh the craziest thing to me is that Ronda Rousey wrestled a ring of honor match for what you, okay. AEW. Okay, what's your opinion on that? Overall? I mean, that's like Brock Lesnar doing a match in PWG, like that's just crazy. That- Right, stepped huge step down, and I'm not saying that to dump on AEW or even Ring of Honor. I'm saying that, like, for her, like, I get she loves wrestling and always wanted to wrestle and all this other stuff, but at the same time, that really hurts her value. I thought it does. Nobody was like, Oh my god, Ronda Rousey's in AEW. Nobody was blowing up and going crazy over that. Well, by the same time, though, there is okay. So, if you look at it through a different lens, she doesn't need the money. Ronda Rousey doesn't have to work no. again. This is she, lo- she loves doing right? it, she, looks, she really likes it. I mean, you would hear those stories uh, in the 90s, like, oh, man, Pearl Jam played this dive bar in Santa Cruz the other night, you know, like things like that, mm-hmm. like just because for the love of getting out there and getting with the people and not having all that pretense. So then go to PW, actually go yeah. wrestle those types of matches, uh, those indie shot shows where only like 200 people, 250 people are in the audience, but you dig the, you know, the promoter, you dig the other guys and gals on the show, you dig what they're doing and you want to be part of that maybe, but yeah. like. It's a huge step. I just, I don't know. It didn't play right to me. If she signs with AEW, that is such a massive slap in the face to WWE. Why? 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 Well, WWE brought her in. 
mm-hmm. made her tried to make her the female Brock Lesnar. And actually, you know, it's funny because now that we're talking about it, the reason why I don't think she fit is because. I mean, look at the last match she did with uh, Shayna Baszler. Like, she wants to hang out with her friends. She wants to wrestle. She just wants mm-hmm. to be one of the roster. Yeah. Like, but the fact WWE wouldn't accommodate that because, like, no, you're an attraction. You need to be this, that, and this, and that. The fact that they couldn't figure out a way to utilize her and keep her happy for the money they're paying her too, yeah. with respect to her, you also got to. It's a job you're doing too. Yeah, they weren't, they weren't paying her Jay Brown money for her to be Jay Brown with her Jay Brown friends. Yeah. I don't know. So as Justin saying, Tony said the scrum, he implied it was a one-time deal because she wanted to work with her best friend, uh, Marina Shafir. Oh, uh, okay. But, hey, th- yeah. I, that, 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 that does change my opinion a little bit then. I didn't know that. I thought she was with AEW. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. But she could. But I think, I think. look, here's my prediction. I think it's more likely Ronda signs with AEW than going back to WWE at this point. What happened? How did she leave WWE? Doing a fun match with Shayna, helping Shayna go over. You know, they did the tag team together. Um, they had. Yeah, no, I, saw, uh, I saw that, but yeah. the contract, what? Was her contract? Oh, no, her contract up? just expired. Yeah. Hmm. They didn't try to resign her. I'm sure they did. Mm-hmm. It would be dumb not to, okay. you know? I don't know. It's interesting. I, th- I think it's it's a more slept on story. People go, like, oh, it's just a one off. It's like, okay, wait a second. Here's the here's the funniest thing about wrestling. People still are like, is CM Punk going to show up at Survivor Series? What's going yeah. on? Is he the devil? But all that happens. But Ronda Rousey leaves WWE, works in Indie Date, does a Ring of Honor match in AEW, and it was like, oh, it's a one time thing. And they're just like completely no conspiracy theory, no what if fantasy booking. They just take it all at face value. But again, yeah. CM Punk has a cryptic tweet, and someone's like, you know, is he going to be on commentary? Is he going to take the belt off Roman? Like people have the dumbest fantasy booking with CM Punk. Uh, it's just funny. It's just funny to me by comparison, you know. So my CM Punk, my CM Punk hope, I don't think is going to happen. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting. But then again, I mean, look, return surprises, like usually happens it, around the Rumble too. Yeah. Well, the problem with the Rumble, though. So I was asking the other night, when do you think Jade Cargill debuts on the main roster? Oh, WWE. I, I would, that's one that I'm really, really. Um, interested in probably more than almost any not most everybody but close to almost everybody in all of wrestling just because she is just good She's god phenomenal. just if you can take a, like a legit comic book here on bring her bring her to life it's her mm-hmm. um she's so flipping impressive so i i want her out there i want her on a showdown with charlotte flair so bad because she is a little bit taller she is more jacked um i want to see it so bad but at the same time I want to make sure she's ready. You know, she's so athletic, and she's picked this business up so much quicker than people are willing to give her credit for. Oh, they were yeah. dumping on her all the time in AEW. Don't don't act like folks like you weren't doing it. You were. I used to see it all the time when we would do it on the show. We would cover it, and people like, oh, she's so green, should be on TV yet. Okay, that's not her fault. That's the company's yeah. fault. What are you supposed to do? No, I don't want to. You could have said the same thing about me when I got pulled up to uh, SmackDown with eight total months of training. On team last there. Why? I might say, no, Vince, sorry, I'm not ready yet. No. So long story short, it ain't her fault. People are bearing her. So she's come a long way. She's improved very quickly, I thought. But I still want to see, make sure she's 100 percent ready as she can be for a main main event angle like a Charlotte Flair. I wouldn't be sur- surprised if they don't do it at Survivor Series this week. This just week have her hit the ring and just nuke her and power bomb the piss yeah. out of her. The way I would do it. Dakota Kai, everybody is like, oh, she can't wrestle. She's not cleared. I would have Dakota Kai participate and have it be a surprise that she's cleared. Then have Jade come out 
help win the match. And at the end, they're talking about how great it is to be on the same team. And Jade's like, I teamed with you tonight, but I'm not on anyone's team. And then powerbomb Charlotte and then start a feud. Mm, I'd be down with that. Anything where she looks dominant and a lone wolf I'm with. But if it's not at Survivor Series, I'm afraid it's going to be at the Rumble. And the problem with the Rumble is if you don't get that end of show Ronda spot, you're going to get lost in all the other surprise pops. Yeah, yeah, you're 100 right. As an old Pat Patterson thing, where anytime you get to the Rumble, you everyone knows what's going to happen. You get in, and they say there's like five other people in there, and even your surprise entrant or not, um, you get in. It's bop, 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 hit, hit. Five five different guys with five different moves. You basically blow a mini comeback, then hit yeah. a couple of big moves, and then by cracky, somebody's music's playing now. And I gotta get ready for this, and I gotta go feed the new person that's coming into this. So there's not much chance to shine in these battle royals, especially if you're a new person being introduced. So I'm with you on that. Unless yeah. she wins it, unless she's booked to win the whole thing. Yeah, that would be pretty sweet. When you were going to come back in 2014, they were like, you're going to get a bunch of eliminations, but they didn't even dangle the idea no. that you were going to win. No, good Lord, no. Look at you trying to gas me up. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was curious about if they pulled it like, and you never no. know. You know, Vince no. could have an idea. No, I, I mean, that's one thing I'll always give you know, him credit for. He was always very straight up with his uh, opportunity. That's yeah. what he's always sold people is opportunity. It's good. I he mean, so. Of it what you will, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah, it's got to be crazy, man. I mean, I think about every boss uh, that I've ever had, and I think Vince McMahon having such a mythology about him would be just very intimidating trying to work in that environment. I mean, did you ever do the knock? What did you ever do the knock on the door? Hell yeah. Yeah. When you saw me the stupid stuttering gimmick. (laughs) Wait, you knocked on the door and he gave you the stuttering gimmick? (laughs) Knock, knock. Who's there? No, I'm joking. Um, No. it, well, that was it? Oh, Johnny Hayes came up to me in the cafeteria during catering and said, hey, go see Vince when you're done eating. He's got an idea for you. You're probably not going to be crazy about it. But just trust me. He's the one who's come up with this idea. He's the only other idea he's come up with in the last, like, five to ten years is Carly, uh, uh, cool, what is it, uh, cool Carib? Say it for me. I, I what was the three Cs? Whatever. Carlito's gimmick. Caribbean yeah. cool. Um and that, he was super over at this time when I got pulled back up to SmackDown. So anyways, I'm like, all right. So I went in there and he sold it to me. But my point, though, is I went in his office many times my first time up there when I was a part of Team Lesnar for Survivor Series that one year in 2003, 2004. I don't know, 2003. Um, but he's easy to talk to. I'm not just saying that to sound like yeah, cool yeah. guy McGee. I never – he's very easy to talk to. I think what happens is – you walk past a guy so many times in the hall. I don't know how you don't say hi to him or shake his hand or anything like that, but he gets off on, in my opinion, intimidating people that are that want to be intimidated. That, that mm. if that makes sense versus saying this is just some other dude who puts his pants on the same way I do. More importantly, he pays my paycheck. I need to keep an open line of communication with this guy. Am I doing good? Am I not? When I come to my matches, to the gorilla, every time I, I'd give my thumbs up or thumbs down on how I did, and he'd give it to me. You know, that was yeah. fuck. That sucked. That, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so I always felt comfortable talking to him. I never felt intimidated. Honestly, maybe my first time meeting him just because he grew up watching him as Mr. McMahon, but that died out really quick because after you met The Rock and Stone Cold, mm-hmm. no disrespect to Mr. McMahon. He, to me, wasn't on the same level as those two. Yeah, of me being that. a huge mark, I'm like, holy shit! I'm talking. This is Stone Cold Steve Austin. This is The Rock. What? 
Like, you know what I mean? When you met Vince in the gym, which also is a very, I mean, you have one of the more interesting ways so that, of getting in. Yeah. That's a great example of me at that time being, yeah, but I couldn't act it. Yeah. I How did that work? Anymore. Was that was something where it's like, I'm going to make eye contact, give it, do the head nod or juice, go right up with the handshake, you know? So, <laughs> so. hey, see what you're benching, Vince? I freaking close gripped that for reps. No, I'm joking. Um, no, he, he was, uh, he was, um, like I told you, coming out of the men's room as I was walking in, damn near smack right into each other. Wow. Um, because I really had to pee bad, bad. So, like, my conversation, like, I'm damn near, you know what I mean? I really got to pee. And here it finally happens. I've been going to this gym every single Friday night for, for God, six months. Yeah. Every Friday night, I went right from work there to hopefully meet him at WWE headquarters gym because my friend worked for the magazine and would get me in. Anyways, and then that's how I met him that way. So, in that, of course, in that moment, I was like, holy ish, this is Vince McMahon. This is incredible. Of course, I had a markout moment, but I couldn't act it because it was also my f- opportunity to tell him I want to do this. What do I have to do to get into to WWE or even wrestling in general? Yeah. But given your size and given the shape you were in, did he do a double take for a second? Be like, wait a second. Or do you already work for us? Are you on a contract? Like, did he have that moment where he was like, I should know you, but I don't know you just based on your genetics. What do you mean? When you first met him. In I mean, lock, in the uh, headquarters, in the headquarters. Yeah. Because it, it, there you were, I'm sure he had a question as like, how are you here and you're already not working for the guy, even if you knowing somebody, oh. because guys like you don't grow on trees. So, know? but yeah, in a way they did back then because it was so red hot. Everybody wanted to be mm. a WWE wrestler. Then this was at the height of rock height yeah. of stone cold. Like XFL was a hadn't start yet, but was, it was an idea and was about to like, it was as hot as it could have been. So you did have all these other athletes like myself Got from it. other sports wanting to do this. And don't think I should drive me nuts about that. I'm like, I'm going to get grouped with the rest of them yeah. that couldn't play professionally in a different sport. And that's just why he's doing it. And it's like, what pissed me off about that was like, no, I, I grew up watching this. Some of these other cats I could tell never watched this. Yeah. You know, that played other sports and they made it work for them. Yeah. That's always interesting to me. Well, I, I, and I get that. I never liked when wrestling was seen. I mean, even, even when they talked about the rock, even when they talk still about Baron Corbin, it was the idea. I was like, Oh, well you were an athlete. You tried football that didn't mm-hmm. work out. So yeah. you went to professional wrestling. Yeah. I think it, so it diminishes you. I, I kind of thought it diminishes wrestling in a way yeah. when you talk down like that, I think the way you would sell it, you should sell if you're the announcer is, but this, this, you know, this gentleman was a lifelong fan growing up. He had offers, you know, to uh, play with Michael Jordan, the Chicago Bulls and said, screw you, MJ. I'm going to WWE. I've been wanting to do this since I was six. You know what I mean? Yeah. So something like that, I would sell it to the fans as not like, I'm sorry. He was a, uh, wasn't drafted in the NFL, got picked up on a, you know, scout team, laughed at, sorry, lasted two weeks. And uh, now he's here. Like that's how sometimes they would introduce some of these guys. I'm like that's not yeah, good enough. Always Gas weird. it up at least. Yeah. Look, could you imagine that you're like you know out of the club, out at the bar, and you've just got commentary, and it's like she was in a seven year relationship until her fiance was cheating with her best friend, and now here she is looking for a new man. She thought she had her life figured out for her, and the direction it was going is, but now you have a chance to pick her up on the rebound. <laughs> That's what, yeah, really, that is what it feels like. <laughs> hey, 
in the, yeah. in the chat. Uh, yeah. Nate. Nate has just an idea for an upcoming show. Oh, yeah. Plus, it's relevant right now. JFK, what you take on what happened. Uh, so what's funny is I just watched um, this documentary on that. Yeah. Um, my wife was watching, and then I was overhearing, and then I watched it after her. Um, some crazy, some serious, crazy stuff, yeah. man. Like that. I always thought people, like, I never really paid too much attention to it. And uh, just, you know, when you hear people make jokes and hey, it was me on the grassy knoll, <laughs> you know, and dumb jokes like that, right? In passing. Um, but it, what they actually have documented proof, yeah. like, proof of, of how it happened to, you know, is crazy. And it was such a big deal because. My mom tell me tell me exactly where she was. My dad tell me exactly oh, where yeah. he was. When like the whole world loved him, he will always be, the, in my opinion, number one president of all time as far as beloved goes. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it's interesting though because the government was. This is my frustration. The government was supposed to tell us the Oliver Stone movie came out thirty years ago. Yeah, and they 30. were like, and they were like, we're gonna tell you in the twenty twenties, and they mm. moved it up, and they're like, it's finally happened, and they gets close, and the government's like. Eh, maybe the people aren't ready yet. Yeah, but this, this so documentary, weird. this documentary I saw was crazy. Like uh, how they could show the proof, yeah, uh, of how things were t- messed with, tampered with. But oh, sure, the, the tra- trajectory of the uh, the gunshots themselves. Yeah, and you could see it when it's still hard to watch. It's so oh, hard it to watch that. It's crazy. Um, and again, it's still. Sorry, I mean this ties into wrestling. Mm-hmm. A year and a half ago. WWE said, Hey, we're in Texas. Uh, or wait, was that earlier this year? We're in Texas. Uh, no, no, it was a year and a half ago for WrestleMania. Hey, Joe Gacy, why don't you go cut a promo on the grassy knoll? Takeover. And it's just like, what the F? Oh, hey. oh and he buddy. referenced it. He referenced like being in a history making location. And it's just that that's probably. I don't want to say it's not offensive per se. It's more just the WTF WWE. Mm-hmm. Like who thought this was a really clever idea to I do mean, this? So again, like by far, it's not even close, not even debatable yeah. who the most popular president and favorite president of everybody in American history. In my, yeah. In our, our generation, oh. generations before ours and before that to today, even I would argue. Yeah. Now, I mean, they lo- this country loved themselves some, you know, JFK. For good it's reason. interesting though, because you have to think about it in hindsight. And I mean, part of it, it I mean, part night. of it is, and there've been books and movies and so many articles written. It's because we didn't, you know, it was the idea and the promise, and we didn't get mm. the fulfillment to see fully what it could have been. So it's the great what if, you know, because of the path he was on, the things he was yeah. saying, you know, yeah. which was ahead of its time. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's, and it's one of those rare moments in the aftermath of that where, I mean, we, you know, in great tragedy, the country truly came together, set aside differences. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, and reacted. But no, I'd be very interested. I, I, I would like the real story to come out. Here's my frustration with documentaries, Matt. Every year, there's a new documentary that's like, DB Cooper, what really happened? We're going to finally dive into this. And then you watch it. And it's like five things where they're like, and it could have been this, mm-hmm. but we'll never know for sure. Yeah. And it's just like, fucking just text me 
when you have the final answer because I'm not watching another one of these bullshit hypotheticals. I've been suckered into like 10 of them, and they all end the same way with no conclusive evidence. So you know what I'm a fan of? I watch a yeah. lot of uh, when I get a chance. If it's not wrestling on yeah. YouTube, it's NBA. I love NBA um, on YouTube. And I love when people get into the comment sections yeah. and say, hey, this is not worth the click. Or, hey, this is false advertisement on the, the picture. Don't click it. It leads yeah. nowhere. I love when people do do that because it's, then it saves me the time from doing it. Because I get fooled all the time and go on there, like we just said, for like uh, something like that. And, and you get all gas up to watch it, and then there's no payoff. Yeah. Or, or um, Wrestling Inc., I have to say thankfully has never done this but there are other wrestling sites on twitter where it's like you know it's it's the most clickbaity title and then you click it and it's oh, just like oh this yes. is super disappointing oh my you know god yes i remember yeah. as a fan uh with uh what was it raja wwf.com some of you old heads <laughs> should remember that um not our raja by the way yeah it's raja um what was my i had some other ones i used to go to and i was in college and i'd go to. yeah but um, anyways, same type of thing though. Like you would click on like who's the next? Uh, uh, who was it? like Shawn Michaels joining NWO, even though he's like still in WWE for like another three year contract. Yeah, um, things I wasn't smart enough not to know yet, and I and click on it, and then nothing came from it. The most annoying one right now is with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Are the are these articles that are like what could be next for the MCU? And then you read it, and it's like there's no actual information here None. whatsoever. None. Zero. Mm-hmm. And it's annoying. I, you know, I listened to I listened to my first audiobook in forever. I listened to um some of the writers from The Ringer spent years doing the definitive history of everything that's gone on behind the scenes at Marvel Studios to build mm-hmm. the MCU. 16 hours, Matt, but it was fascinating. Back from casting Tony Stark, you know, with Robert Downey Jr. Right. and Iron Man. It was almost Timothy Oliphant, it was almost Tony Stark. Nobody wanted to insure Robert Downey Jr. because of his problems. Right. And it talks about every single movie, the movies that happened, the movies that didn't happen. Like mm-hmm. it was uh, incredible. And it was just interesting just to learn about Kevin Feige and everything that, that went on behind the scenes. But yeah, I listened to podcasts mostly when I traveled, but I was doing a long car ride. I'm like, I'm going to live to listen to this Marvel book. And it was, yeah, it was super fascinating. It was good. Yeah. Oh, Mauricio with the deep cut. Why isn't this on stereo? Right. No. <laughs> Mauricio showing his uh, fandom cuts. Yes, absolutely. So it's Thanksgiving this week. And the question, Mm -hmm. Matt, that occurred to me today, what is your favorite Thanksgiving dish of all the food? And do you free day it or do you free week it on uh, Thanksgiving? Like eat whatever I want, you mean? Yeah, yeah. So I will set my day up so I can eat as much as I want during Thanksgiving meal. Mm -hmm. And I give myself those two hours. Yeah to eat anything i want um but the next day i'm allowed to have turkey sandwiches okay so my now, favorite but my favorite yeah. dish though to answer your question is it sounds it sound boring but it is the turkey the turkey itself really? okay yeah, with good gravy no i mean gr- gravy is the underrated part yeah in my opinion potatoes. yeah you know um and gravies have you ever made gravy no. from scratch Mm-mm, hell no! So, Do I look like I bake anything from scratch? No, no, I, I, I'm pretty sure you don't. So, so I, I free week it. We've been trying to do better with our meals lately. I've been going up and down. Promise, dude. I moved to Vegas. Everything delivers, and like, 
the worst food you can imagine that's vegan, but the worst food I can get delivered right to my door. Um, but this week I was like, oh, I'll make some gravy. I'll do some biscuits to gravy. And I had this realization where I was like, I'm eating bread and gravy is essentially bread on bread because gravy is like flour, butter. It's all the same ingredients, just in liquid form, and you pour it over your stuff. Um, but gravy's good, man. I think gravy is uh, where it's at. Um, yeah, man. But I like uh, some nice cranberries. But so you don't subscribe to the Vince McMahon theory that your body can only absorb so many calories in one sitting. That was always his justification for eating an entire box of Oreos because it's like after 3,000 calories, your body's just like, ah, I'm just going to pass all this through. I can't absorb it. It's going to pass it on as fat. Yeah. Because it, no, no, I know the way know protein the, synth, the way yeah. protein synthesis or even complex carbohydrate synthesis works is your body only takes X amount of grams. So, for example, I did damage to my kidneys over the years. Yeah, um, I thought for okay, maybe because when I was addicted to my painkillers, maybe that mm-hmm. did. I used to chew them up and I used to take obviously many, many, many too many, and they're like no, and um, we changed my diet to now because I was doing. For 20 straight years, you guys, I was taking in 45 to 50 grams of protein. And I did that for every three three to four hour window Damn. for my meals. I never missed guys. Like I was really dead. I'm very disciplined when it comes to these diets. And so somebody tells me you take 50 grams of protein every three hours, you're gonna you, you can make yourself lean, you can make yourself big, you can do all that stuff, but you put on more muscle. So I always did that it's for 20 years. And so what we did is we cut my protein now in half i'm out 47 where i'm only taking 25 grams of protein in um and six times a day yeah um my my numbers went way back up on my kidney number score yeah um well getting into it so i went from not having a very great kidney to now having a very acceptable kidney score um and that was it and adding greens to my diet legit greens not like liquid but like lettuce Mm -hmm. and and salads um so my 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 point though is that your body can only take so i was wasting so much protein my body your body cannot take in 50 grams of protein it's impossible no matter how big you are yeah um but i didn't know that i just saw it in a bodybuilding magazine and i'm gonna follow it I know that's wrong with I mean, we talked about this before, but it's like in around the year 2000, I was doing body for life and I mm-hmm. lost like a hundred pounds and I was putting on a lot of muscle, but I was doing six small meals a day. And mm-hmm. I would just read, you know, someone would be like, Oh, you should be doing this with creatine. Oh, you should be doing this with hydroxy cut. It's like, what's this mm-hmm. hydroxy cut stuff. And why do I love it so yeah. much? Um, and I, you know, my supplement stack you know, I, I got even in trouble with this a year ago. I was taking so many vitamins. My doctor was like, this is really hard on your kidneys. Yes. You know, like eat some foods with this stuff. It will it will absorb better than just taking 20 yeah. pills a day to supplement it. You know? And what happens to your kidneys, people don't remember, don't know this, but like your kidney's job is to help break down that protein. And mm-hmm. it has to work overtime. If you're Captain Dumbass like me, taking 50 grams of it every three yeah. hours, your kidneys are like, dude, what are you doing to me? This is way too much. Stop. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. Um, but no, I think Thanksgiving will be good. I mean, we my mom was going to come out. Uh, she's not able to make it. So it's just going to be the two of us here mm-hmm. and the cats. And I think what we're going to try this year is we're not going to do a big meal on Thursday. Instead, we're going to mm-hmm. do a lot of, um, you know, we still got a lot of vegan tofurkey and the roasts and all that stuff. But we got some smaller ones, which are nice. So we're just going to do that. And then we're going to do like two side dishes each meal and just keep changing it up and try some different stuff. Because what I hate about Thanksgiving is as someone who cooks, 
it's it's the assembly line and i've got to worry about a dozen different things at once you know and it's true it's a lot it's not fun no i mean i help my mom um, yeah i don't cook obviously but i help her with the great with stirring the great like basic things but even that you're right it's like 12 different things that you're trying to juggle then when it's time to serve it same thing i'm trying to carve this turkey um while at the same time you know um making sure that like i said the gravy stirred or getting the vegetables ready or and then bringing it all out was a pain in the butt but yeah for me it's worth it um again just you know, to be with my family, because again, my family's not here in Florida. I, yeah. My family is either from Connecticut or from my wife's side in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So now my mom stays with us here for six months of the year. And then oh, nice. my brother up in Boston, the other six months of the year. But um, now my cousin, Sarah, just moved down here to long, my city Longwood too. Nice. So now her and my nephews are here. So that's cool. So this will be the first time that we've had like my whole, a big part of my family here. And it's, that's not me, Larissa and Jackson eating boston market (laughs) (laughs) we tried that for a few years just getting like the takeout thing and it's just oh man it's it's never as good let me tell you i I felt bad i felt bad because i remember telling larissa larissa hate to say it tell me what you're eating right now does not taste better than you know eating a huge family thanksgiving meal i'm not saying about the you know ambiance i'm saying just the taste in your mouth right now tell me what's better come on yeah i love boston market no, but there's always a difference between reheated food and heated sure. food. And those pre-ones, it's always like eating leftovers for the meal. We traveled a couple of years on Thanksgiving. Actually, that was the hack we realized um, pre-pandemic was that flying on Thanksgiving is amazing because there's like you're on yes. an empty plane. Yes, I've done this. I, I yeah. So what we were doing is we would get like a small to-go meal. We would just basically like eat that in our kitchen just to say we had Thanksgiving. Then we get on a plane that night, get into, you know, New York or Florida the next morning, and then just have a vacation. And that was nice. Like, highly recommend traveling on on Thanksgiving. Not before, because that's a madhouse, but on. Because, yeah. yeah, it's just, uh, it's dead. Like, it's so easy, uh, which is cool. Um, we were watching the, oh, sorry, what were you saying? No, I was going to transition back to yeah, if please I, if I could. Um, anything else on Raw tonight that you thought was redeemable for watching? I flipped on a, a bit. I thought Raquel versus Nia was actually a pretty good hard hitting match, and I like Zia Lee versus Becky. Um, Becky's in a weird yeah place in her career right now. Did you see her on Celebrity Jeopardy last week? What? No. Okay, I'll spoil this for you. She set a record. Um, she's the first contestant in the history of Jeopardy to get zero questions right out of the first 60 <laughs> questions on Jeopardy. All the Jeopardy fan sites were lighting up. So Becky has a great sense of humor. She retweeted it and said, you know, I just keep on making history. Um, she Good did part. better towards the end. But yeah, it was rough, dude. Like she was against Macaulay Culkin and Rachel Dratch. And like they like both smoked her. her. Yeah, it was it was bad. <laughs> yeah. Felt so bad. Hey, good for her for owning it. But but, but, but we were about to yeah. say that about her. Um, what do you mean? Like, what kind of you feel bad for her for like what they're doing with her? Well, the- no, I don't feel bad. I actually I think she's having fun. I think that what she did in NXT was great. Um, being NXT Women's Champion, I think that was. Uh, you know, with Tiffany Stratton, that was a great series of matches. I think Lyra Valkyria has a tough hill to climb now as NXT Women's Champion. Yeah. I, I feel like the problem with the NXT Women's Championship is aside from Becky, it just felt like they were trying it on with a lot of different women saying like, okay, Mandy Rose is gone. Now, uh, Roxanne, let's see how you are as champ. 
She you know, was really good as champ. Uh, but it hasn't stuck. Before. Even Tiffany Stratton hasn't stuck. See, she's you know? another one that I thought would be a good one. I think the problem is, though, it's like then to have Becky be champion and come in with all that polish and yeah. all that star power, and you got to yeah. follow that. Not easy. Yeah, you're right. It's not easy. But at the same time, if you're an NXT, right? I still, yeah. I know it's not developmental, but it kind of, sort of, I know, in a little bit of a way can be because their ultimate goal is to get these guys and gals on the SmackDown and Raw. I have to imagine that. Yeah. I would hope not all of them, but a good chunk of them they're hoping will be main eventing WrestleMania one day. At least some of them, right? They have to hope for that. Uh, WWE does when they sign them and have them on NXT. So with that's in spirit, <clears throat> some of Stratton, I thought she improved dramatically. Yeah. Um, good in the <clears throat> ring. Good on the mic. Especially from what I first saw of her and her promos uh, when she was coming and about to start, you know what I mean? And be introduced <clears throat> to what she ended up really, I didn't know about her athletic background at all. Yeah. Um, so I was really taken back by her athleticism. She's another one that I think can be very good for them. I think she's going to be on the main roster sooner rather than later. I think if Vince had more pull, she would be, because that seems right up Vince's alley. Oh, in terms God, of what that's like. so, uh, oh, yes. Yeah. That's so up his alley. Um, yeah. But. Her, her, blonde hair, blue eyes. Her, her, yeah. Like, he's like. Some, he'd pitch a very cool, inappropriate angle. Yeah, it would just be awful, but it'd probably great at the same time in a weird way. <laughs> Um, like his taste is like, like just in general, it's just like so, like some toolbox that you knew in grade <laughs> school back. Like, remember, like when Pam Anderson was like a big deal? Like, do you remember that? Like, when she was in posters on every one of your friends' walls back in the day, yeah. Um, that's Vince McMahon, that's yeah. him. No, like, he reminds but me, but he's PS 80 years old. I know <laughs> he reminds me of like the, the friend's dad you had that was would say wildly inappropriate things. <laughs> Just kind of like okay, you're you're really old, man. This is making us all very uncomfortable. Um, but uh, I, I think they, they look. They got sidelined because, um, and it's not just me. A lot of people were really behind Nikita Lyons. A lot of people loved Sol Ruka. Like they had a lot of talent that had a lot of momentum building who yeah. got injured. So mm. I think they've got a lot of. Um, how can I put this politely? I feel like, you know. They they don't have a front runner, so they're giving a lot of runners up the chance to become the front yeah, runner. Maybe somebody I, can I rise to that. that opportunity. I think Tiffany Stratton was the closest thing to me too. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, but I think she's going to be on the main roster sooner rather than later because we don't have somebody with that gimmick quite like that on the main roster. Uh, Black saw Johnny Hex uh, wants to know your thoughts on Lexus King, formerly Brian Pillman Jr. Oh, I've not been able to see enough. I've only been able to see his backstage pre-tape yeah. uh, that I saw him do. Um, he's got all the talent in the world, obviously. But uh, I need to see more. I know everybody else is pretty big on what he's doing now. All the other wrestling fans that have had a chance to see it seem to pre in, be pretty into it. So happy for him. Yeah. AEW didn't do him no favors. Yeah, well, he looks his his glow up on NXT. I mean, they. I mean, his beard, like everything about him, is just like on point. So on point to the point that it almost unnerves me. It looks almost a little unnatural. His beard legit looks like drawn in, but it's not. It's really. It's just that sharp. No, it looks like a Snapchat filter. Like it's so <laughs> perfect. 
Like, do you get targeted? I get targeted the weirdest shit on Facebook. And I always get these things with guys filling in their beards and like brushing in between and line, putting duct tape on or masking tape to like line up the, the fade on it and stuff. Really? Um, yeah. Facebook thinks that I want to watch that and I want to watch cooking videos and that I want to watch people build things. Mine like, is all these Christmas sweater videos <laughs> that, that you can put your family picture on. And I'm a sucker. And of course, when, I'm going to get this. And I messed it up. It took too long to do, so I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, Facebook, I'm like, do they know me or do they not know me at all? Or am I becoming what they think I am? I don't know what it is. You know, it's very, <laughs> very strange. Um, but yeah, so with Lexus King, I think um, I think he's going to be NXT North American champion, if not NXT champion sooner rather than later. They're putting him in this angle with Trick and Mello, and maybe he was the one wow. that was responsible for Trick getting taken out. So, But, dude, Braun Breaker needs to get the hell out of NXT. He's a fifth-year senior, and it's just it's uncomfortable now. He's been there way too long. He has. I thought they would have pulled him by now. Yeah. It's odd because it's just kind of like he's, he's cooled off so much, in my opinion. Yeah, just remember though, he still is dramatically gonna keep improving. He's only yeah, he's so young still at this, still new to this. Yeah. But he but this is what they did with Brock. The right thing they did with Brock is they don't do it anymore and they need to start doing it again. When you have a stud like that, remember I told you the bigger guys, it takes a little bit longer for them to pick this business up. Yeah. They have to learn not just the normal way to wrestle, they have to learn how to work like a big man as well, which Double hard. Anyways, long story short, when you have somebody like that that's a freak, you put them up on the road on house shows, and that's it. You put them yeah. in the first opening match on these house shows versus, you know, like a, whoever today is akin to a Billy Kidman uh, or a Paul London, people that can really lead you through a match and are really consummate pros and know they're there to help that other talent get over and understand that. And more importantly, not even get over because usually Billy Kidman's and Paul's would, would beat somebody that is unknown in a, you know, dark, like I say, house show style match. Yeah. But my point is that bigger guy will learn that night quicker than they will being in NXT or in my case, OVW. Um, you'll learn a lot more because you're wrestling with way better talents that have much more, many more years of experience. You can learn the WWE way that they want you to wrestle as well yeah. and wrestling in front of larger audiences. So he needs to be doing house shows with WWE and just do it for like six months. That's what they did with Brock. And it was smart as hell. They did that Yeah, before he came in as the next big thing. Still a fun show, though. I think NXT is still the most fun I have watching wrestling each week just because nothing goes on for too long. They somehow crammed 20 seconds. I think segments. that's your reasoning. I think that's ultimately yeah. your reason because it's the show. Well, no, SmackDown's only, you know. Yeah, SmackDown's two hours, but SmackDown will have 10 segments where NXT will have 20. It's yeah, the same two-hour block. And they try stuff. It's weird. I mean, dude, think about all the years we spent covering wrestling religiously for a while there, different. four shows a week we were doing together. We're doing Raw, SmackDown, yeah. and NXT and AEW mm-hmm. at the same time. So mm-hmm. what what makes that the most fun to watch? Different shit, changing yeah. it up. Don't yeah. let anything go on too long. Which you know? oh, I, I wanted to tell you this. Yeah. Have you seen what Tori, uh, 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 Tony Storm has been doing on AEW? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, I think that thing is awesome. I think that gimmick is awesome at first i was like this will never work but her acting that's another one her acting skills are insane do for her to be as young as she is and understand how to do the uh uh, silent film mannerisms Mm -hmm. and pantomiming that dude like she's very talented but by that yeah no i agree watch 
they have this new thing on AW called uh, AW, uh, not Storylines, but it's on their YouTube channel that shows like the history of an angle mm-hmm. or, or a character. Which is super smart. I, I watch it. So to catch me up to speed on something I'm missing, right? So I was watching hers. And you got to watch it. It's really worth it because it shows all these silent film yeah. things she's doing with her facial expressions and her. She's freaking gold, I think. And no, she think, looks different, right? It, it, Rush, yeah. Glenn, sorry. And she looks different. Yeah. She's still a pretty girl, and she's not what Vince or WWE would try to jam down our throat in the nineties on what a pretty girl looked like. She's that. Plus, she's an athlete. Plus, she's funny. Funny as hell. I think she's the whole package. This gimmick is a is exactly what we always say we want to see. Try something different. Shoot for something that's completely out there. Yeah. What do you have to lose? We always say. And the talents are too scared to do it, right? Um, she's not, and she's I think she's killing it. It's super with, entertaining. I love everything I've seen of it. Um, my main thing is it's uh well, it's funny too, because remember on SmackDown, her gimmick was like her mom listened to a lot of 80s music, so she loves the 1980s. Oh my god! Like that's so lazy, right? So lazy. And there were no vignettes. They were like she dressed sort of like she was into like metal bands, but it was commentary. She didn't have any build up in WWE. So dumb. Um, None, and that's their their loss. She's proven that every week she's on AEW. I think. Um, but no, I think that you know it's funny though. But still, you listen to what TK is saying. Tony Khan's still like, oh, you want a sports-based wrestling promotion? You know, that's that's still the core okay. of what AEW is trying to do. That's not what I want. I've said all along. It's funny that Al Snow said this on The Wrestlers. It's like, I want the Muppet Show. That's all I want every week. I just want it to be like, <laughs> I want the GM backstage to be like, the Miz won't come out of his dressing room. What are we going to do? You know, like, just, I want, just, I mean, dude, you know, I've been thinking right. about this lately. I've been thinking about this lately. I'm surprised if nobody's doing this. Um, I don't know that I'm going to do it, but if I just start a new wrestling podcast now, you know what I would do is I would start a podcast that would just go back to 2016, the brand split and just rewatch SmackDown from 2016 for, mm. from, uh, you know, the talking smack era and everything that happened there back with uh, the six pack women's huh. championship, really? uh, Heath and Rhino, um, Daniel Bryan and the Miz. I, cause I think back to that and maybe really? it's because it was when we first started podcasting together, but that's consistently that is the most fun i have had watching wrestling that's fascinating to me wow it was a good show and it was that daniel bryan was kermit the frog every week he was talking to shane mcmahon and dan bryan was like how am i going to deal with all these crazy wrestlers and i know daniel bryan was miserable then but he was very good as a gm he he was a good gm he he pulled that off yeah he's pulled off everything they've thrown his way back then but but not as a kid that's not your best memories of wrestling when you were little the problem as a kid, it was fun to like talk about and watch, but you know what it was though, is we watched the matches and I remember as a kid being like, sure. A lot of like rest spots matches sure are going on a while. Like I would love the entrances and I would love what is wrong with you. So I, so as a little boy, I was not asking any of these questions. I was ADD dude. Like as a kid, it's just like, if you were saying something like that, I'd be so angry with you because I know it's not real at the same time. Like, I don't want you yelling it out loud. (laughs) <laughs> no, it wasn't real. I would just be kind of like, so I loved like Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I love guys that would do flashy moves that would have, um, you know, just great entrances. Now as a kid, okay, but let me tell you the flip side of this. Now as a kid, if if I was a child growing up now, I'd be all about the cruiserweights. Like Ricochet oh, would probably yeah, be my favorite wrestler. I would. Ab- yeah. Absolutely, I would be. Yes. Yeah. Like if we had that when we were kids, 
like if there was lucha style wrestling and high flyers in the wwf that would have been game changer yeah. like that's what every kid wants i, I mean i think i still want to see that like that's i enjoy watching those matches cartoon superhero yeah, yeah that's fun but that's what i'm saying is like you know um who in my mind like what made hogan's matches and a lot of these guys matches one the stories i think were better than they took more time to you know by the time they got to the ring you saw the promos the vignettes the stories the interviews um but they sold the hell out of the the fewer moves they did not the lesser moves but the fewer repertoire that they had mm-hmm. and stuff you know what i mean yeah I do. um but as a kid like you know i mean does anyone pop you like oh my god he hit him with his elbow like maybe if it was a really cool flying elbow if he was off the top rope but so no but it was but there if you remember though so like my my earliest memories is like again piper hogan yeah so like he was such a jerk. I hated him. I hated and that's him. what I loved. I loved the promos. So I love Piper getting in Cindy Lauper's face. Um, like, just everything so that we saw. I was so excited yeah. to watch. Like the storylines they had for them were really deep. I thought. But that's why Hogan could just Shit. smack Piper across the face, and you'd be like, "Oh my god, finally it's happening." I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that it's like now. The here, okay, here's here's a good way to crystallize my opinion on this. The in ring. Or pardon me, the out of ring stuff, the story stuff, the promos, the interviews, everything we saw story used to enhance what was a relatively straightforward in ring product, right? Once you get past the entrances, what they were doing in the ring was, I don't mean this pejoratively, it was it was basic. It was wrestling 1.0 or 2.0, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now everyone's doing wrestling 5.0 in the ring and everything in ring is so fucking insane. Whether it's the death matches, the high flyers, like the moves. Now the problem is the storyline. It takes a lot. Yeah. It takes a lot more now to have the storyline equal to in ring action. And that's a problem. That's why Tony storm is awesome. That's why I love Tony D'Angelo. Cause they're going back to doing some crazy shit. You know, it's like throw it against the wall and see what sticks. That's my philosophy with it because the in ring is the best it's ever been. I don't know if it's the best it's oh. ever going to be, but it's the best it's ever been. Without question. Yeah. So that's why somebody like an Eddie Kingston, that's why somebody like a Moxley, like you, MJF, you get these guys that are magic on the mic and make you believe it and feel it. Yeah. Like that keeps up with the emotion, the interest of what's going on in ring. What I hate, and I've been saying this since you and I started, if it's, the year 2023 and your gimmick as a wrestler is well i'm a really good wrestler you don't have a gimmick like you don't have a character <laughs> i like that that's pretty good yeah but but i feel like a lot of guys are skating by on that well i'm a really good wrestler i'm, I'm the best there is at what what i do and it's like eh, that's kind of mid man that is that's that's but to be fair that's never been enough yeah i mean like bret hart like even when he was champion and he you know they would say he's the best technical wrestler and all this other stuff um with respect, as soon as Hulk Hogan come back in the picture, I'd be like, oh my God, Hulk's back. Just because I was still at that stage as a kid of thinking muscle meant like good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's stupid. I know, but. but it's funny now because when you see older guys come back, it's like, oh, good Lord, this again. Um, <sighs> but, I, you know, I'm in music, I'm a mark for this, though. So I'm listening to Howard Stern the other day and Sammy mm-hmm. Hagar's on. And I'm kind of like, okay, Sammy Hagar you know give him his flowers for what he's done but oh sammy hagar's touring great sure that's gonna be wonderful but then i'm like oh no no sammy hagar is touring with uh michael anthony the bass player from van halen the secret weapon uh and then uh jason bonham john bonham from led zeppelin's son on drums and then joe satriani on guitar 
Um, and it's like, mm -hmm. oh, Joe Satriani, they're going to play all Van Halen songs because Joe Satriani is like the only person that can do all the Eddie Van Halen stuff. So I hear that and I'm just kind of like, oh shit, do I want to go see this? <laughs> you know, it's like me, Mr. Anti-Nostalgia, fade away gracefully. I'm just kind of like, yeah, maybe I do want to go see them play a bunch of Van Halen. Like, Dude, I saw Van Halen seven years ago on their last tour with David Lee Roth. And it was great seeing Eddie Van Halen, Alex Van Halen live, but they didn't have Michael Anthony, Eddie's son Wolfgang playing bass. And David Lee Roth don't sound like David Lee Roth anymore. Sammy Hagar at least still sounds the same, you know? Uh -huh. Okay, I was I was always a uh, uh, David Lee Roth Van yeah, of course guy, uh, but because it hit us at such an early part of our childhood, nineteen eighty four. Like, oh, dude, Hot for Teacher video was like mind blowing yes. to me as a child. Me too. Yeah, and too. even his solo stuff, like I pop for just Gigolo, like that's on my list. I like told my wife, I'm like, you play that at my funeral. That's like song one at the funeral mix. <laughs> that's a good one. Um, but speaking of which, I know Motley Crue is your like favorite band of all time. Have you seen them in recent years live? Yeah, right. Not live, but just like you said on things like how we're, yeah, yeah, it's tough, man. I mean, Mick Mars can't tour anymore because of his medical condition, but it's like seeing Vince yeah. and stuff. Part of me is kind of like maybe th there's a reason why you should just retire at a certain age, let people have that memory of you. Yeah, of course, there is, but you know, there's some people who get addicted to that, that rush. Yeah, that's tough though, man. I mean, well, even I mean, you're one of the few wrestlers that I think has given it up. And with the, with, I mean, you've done some great stuff for charity. You know, you've done a few things here and there, but it's like you're one of the few wrestlers that seems kind of like, no, I'm pretty good with the decision I made in retiring. Yeah, I became a dad. It's like, yeah, I know. It's like, not even open for debate for me in my head. Um, you know, and again what happens if Jackson wasn't, you know, so severely autistic? Mm. Um, would, would I eventually then want to get back into the ring when he hit a certain age? I, mm. I, I, I don't know what that answer would have been. I just know what ended up happening Yeah, and knowing like, Oh my God, thank God I made that decision Yeah, two years ago. This is when he, you know, after he got diagnosed at age, mm -hmm three years old of being a nonverbal autistic obviously um but like oh my god no wonder why i had that feeling come over me in the delivery room holding him for the first time and saying i'm not going back to wrestling yeah um because that was coming down the pike where it's a lot of it's a lot of work for me and larissa both every yeah. day before school we're taking them to an occupational therapy speech therapy eating sorry feeding therapy equine therapy um sensory integration therapy appointments like literally five or six days a week he's doing these therapies before we take him to his all autistic charter school um for wow. school for the day but so my point is is like so no like do i want to play you know good guy versus bad guy in my underwear or do i want to do that yeah not even debatable right and that eventually pushed me into wanting to do more in the community um and, and go from there so you know, yeah, it's easy. No, I think it's great though, man. I think it's, it's interesting because we see people have a very hard time letting go of the spotlight just in and, society. And I thought when it was my time to retire, I would too. It's my thing I wanted to do since I was legitimately six years old, Glenn. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to wrestle. So I thought for sure I'd ball cry all that other stuff when it was my time to retire or whatever happened or be forced into retirement because people think I'm not good enough, whatever the reasoning is. Um, I thought, well, that day would be tough, but I'm telling you with him, 
and then and yeah. being born in the living room and all that other stuff that just completely replaced it and i wasn't expecting it to by the way yeah i mean and your your second act as it were is phenomenal the way you're doing in longwood and with Thanks, public brother. service i mean that's I think it's very commendable and it's, it's uh, a job that doesn't get enough appreciation. You know, a lot of the time in local government. Um, I mean, you've seen it, man. I saw it, you know, we, we, we didn't talk about this too much. I mean, part of the reason why I was so fine leaving the place that uh, I, le- I lived before is I was helping a friend run for city council. I got to learn that. about the local government and I was just like, no, nah, I'm good moving away from here. <laughs> <laughs> so there, I didn't meet very many Matt Morgans. I met a lot of people who were in the pocket of developers or different special interests or, you know, it was just constant like butting of heads of philosophies, sometimes mm-hmm. not national political philosophies. And I'm like, hey, I don't care who you voted for for president. I want to know how I'm going to no. get across town. Yeah. You know? how, how are you going to fix the pothole now? Yeah. Like, the street lights out like the garbage guy keeps coming like 45 minutes late every day. like basic things that yeah. people just want to get done. They don't want to hear all the ish that comes yeah. with it nationally. And it's crazy. It's a uh, dude. I mean, I, I, I could, yeah, the things I had to endure people wanting to talk about, I'm like, what does this have to do with local oh my politics? God. Dude, when I, oh, don't get me started. I know. Oh my God. I can go on. Yeah. I, I know what you're thinking and saying. Yes. Yeah. And it goes both ways, by the way, this isn't one side or the no, other. No, um, no, you're 100% right. Um, but what yeah. What does that have to do with <laughs> what so, I'm supposed to do for, for our city? Like, that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> so we moved to Vegas, and I was like, you know what? I don't want to learn about local politics. It's just going to bum me out. <laughs> like, it will. Oh, it will. <laughs> like, this is not worth it, man. You know, uh, although here, the big thing, uh, I'm not sure if you saw, F1 was in town. Uh, F1 mm-hmm. racing, Formula One. And uh, holy shit, it was on the strip, Matt. They, like, shut down the strip. And built a track so Formula One cars could race all around the Las Vegas Strip. And traffic was miserable for like a month. All the locals are just avoiding it. Uh, but I have to admit, it did look cool on yeah. TV. You know, it was interesting. Sounds cool. Yeah. Um, so before we wrap it up here, I got to ask, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you... So are you... Have you still... Uh, for Because it's been a while since you've gone to like Disney World. I think the last time I asked yeah. you. Yeah. 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 So it, it, everything's hit or miss with Jackson. It's 50-50 yeah. of how he'll react, how he'll receive everything. Mm-hmm. Um, noise and uh, um, through, through his uh, eyes even, right? Yeah. Um, how he sees things, colors and things like that. Anyways, um, so you don't know what's going to be too loud for him, what won't be. It's trial by error. What works one day won't work the next sometimes. Yeah. Long story short, I wish. I wish he was into it. So because I was a huge, huge Disney kid as a yeah. kid. We drive down there from Connecticut to Florida every four years in my family van mm-hmm. with me and my family. And I loved it. Um, so it, sometimes we do go there, but it's been quite a while. Quite a yeah. while. I'm just always curious. Like that's something I've missed. Um, we used to go a lot. We used to go like once a year, and then we just stopped. Wow. Honestly, dude, because the technology made it not fun anymore. Because now it's when you show up, oh, I have to log into the app and I have to get all my fast passes for the day. Or, you know, and I have to reserve this ride or else I'm not going to be able to ride it. And it was like, dude, I just want to have a vacation, man. Right. I'll yeah. show up and do what's good. No, it's funny. We were watching on Disney Plus. You know, The Rock has produced behind the attraction on Disney Plus. Oh, I didn't know that. They have different episodes about the Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean. We watched one about Big Thunder tonight. What? Uh, yeah, it's, it's a good series. And it's funny because. But, but here's what's crazy about it is they show you all the Tokyo Disneyland and Shanghai Disneyland. They show you the versions there. And so you're wow. watching like, this is cool. And then it's like, 
screw Orlando or Anaheim. I want to go to Tokyo or Shanghai. Yeah. yeah. Like, this looks huh. so much more interesting. Yeah. Why, so, why do you think they do that versus the one here that everybody can go well, to? Well, so partially World. in Tokyo, they have private investor involvement in the parks. So they are able to put more money into it. Quite frankly, and in Shanghai, they have government involvement in the parks. So they're able to put more resources into it. Yeah, dude. It's so like it's, it's way better than Disney World and Disneyland. Is yeah. Saying? Whereas at Disney World and Disneyland, it's always that thing where it's like, well, we wanted to do this. But based on the budget and the attendance, we had to cut, bring it down to this lesser version. Or or look at um, oh, what's the famous one? The Yeti on Expedition Everest. That Yeti that's in there uh, used to swipe down at the cars and then it broke. And they were like, oh, we're not going to fix it. Just put a strobe light on it. So the Yeti <laughs> looks like the Yeti's got his arm up and it's just a strobe light, but it used to swipe, but they didn't have the money to fix mm. it. You know? Gotcha. You hear those stories all the time. So yeah, I just want to recommend that. that. Yeah, yeah, it's good. That. It's good. It's fun. Almost as good as going. Uh, but anyhow, I think uh, that's a wrap up for tonight. Raj will be back next week. Uh, we'll make him regale us with the tales of high society and living the high life. Drinking, drinking his apple teenies, his apple martinis. <laughs> Do you think he's walking around? Let me ask you a question. Do you think Raj Gary's walking around with a little like what are those, monocle? Is that a monocle, yeah, in his eye, just lighting cigars with a hundred dollar bill. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, and then tipping the help a silver dollar, saying don't spend it all in one place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, do you remember Ted DiBiase with Virgil when he first came out? And it was the shoes, Virgil, the shoes. Like how he would talk just so demeaning. Like, (laughs) you think that's all right? (laughs) And for everybody watching, we're being very exaggerative on purpose because I'm hoping Ryan watches this. (laughs) Absolutely. Got to bust his chops. Well, follow Matt at BP, Matt Morgan. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. Uh, hey, everybody, like, share, subscribe. We're getting there. We're almost to 1,000 subscribers. We just need a few hundred more. So please give us a follow on the YouTube. Uh, we love doing this for y'all. It's been great to be back together. Matt, this is fun. I've, I've been waiting. I've been counting the time. I'm like, oh, I hope Raj misses one week so we can have some one-on-one time again. Yeah, so we can BS about what we want to talk about uh, and not have to be derailed or corralled back onto the message so for justin toner says thanks guys another fun one even without raj no it's supposed to be thanks guys it was especially fun without raj ah cool everybody well hey have a great thanksgiving uh we'll see you back here next time on gigantic pop take care love you raj Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.